Guys, on this episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast, which is being presented by 208 Printing, we get to speak to a college athlete who competes in lacrosse. I have a huge amount of respect for him. He's going to teach us about patience, hard work, dedication, perseverance, leadership, and much more. The interview is an awesome one. You're going to also hear about the decisions he had to make when the coronavirus impacted his senior season. So buckle up, stay tuned. If you're a parent, a coach, or a, a an athlete aspiring to compete at the next level, you do not want to miss this interview. Our guest is going to be giving you some total knowledge bombs, and you can't miss it. This is the Game Time Guru. What time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you for another interview here on the show. Uh, super exciting. You guys heard it in the interview. This is a, an awesome opportunity for me to kind of talk to you guys about the sport of lacrosse. But even deeper than that, because I'm going to talk to you about how sports kind of like bring these connections with different individuals. And today on the show, I'm bringing on Dami Ashaye, um, and he is a senior over at the College of Idaho, who we actually we referenced this school two times on the podcast, one just a few weeks ago with head coach Colby Blaine from the basketball program. And then a few years back, we had uh, one of the assistant coaches over at the lacrosse program of College of Idaho, uh, Marcel, who joined the show. And now we get to hear from a player over there. Dami, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. We're excited to have you on, man. It's And you're representing the Guru Vision t-shirt, showing some support of the yes, show, sir. which I greatly appreciate. Your, oh, right here. Get your there. merch. Get your merch. Thank you for the for the shout out. I did not ask him to do that, just so everybody knows. So he's representing the Guru the Guru Vision t-shirts. If you guys want one, go to thegametimeguru.com slash Guru Vision. You can get your t-shirts there um, and represent and, and support the show. So so the funny thing is, is we're going to be talking about lacrosse, but, but Dami, I actually first met you. It wasn't in lacrosse because I don't play lacrosse. It was on the basketball court. And this is where I actually first connected. Yeah. That's why I wanted to sh- share this with the audience, how sports can bring people together and, and can connect people. I'm playing in a basketball tournament, three on three. Um, here in Boise, there's a tournament called Bam Jam. And we're in the the bracket, the you know, getting towards the end of the bracket. So I'm in the single elimination phase where if we lose, we're in the loser side of things. We had to work our way up to the championship. So essentially it was lose, win or go home. And one of our players goes down the game before, so we're stuck playing Dami and his team. And, you know, it's a bunch of guys my age or older, like we're in our 30s, and uh, we're playing these young guns. Um, and we're thinking, <laughs> okay, we're, we're good. Because, you know, Dami's over here. He's like six foot, athletic yeah. build. But I'm like, okay, we might be able to shoot over him. We, we should be okay. Like, we might lack some speed. I'm not, I'm not even joking you, dude. <laughs> to this day, I still remember it. That was my last game in Bam Jam, by the way. I haven't ever played another one since. Um we got torched by you guys. And I remember you specifically, <laughs> I'm not even go, I'm not even kidding you. You specifically froze me three times. And one of which was a drive <laughs> where I, you, you almost did like a little hop step Euro fake pass, froze me and then got to the bucket where everybody was like, Ooh, like you crossed me and then froze me. And then I couldn't stick. And then you actually <laughs> ended up hitting the game winning shot. And I remember just thinking to myself like, dude, how unbelievably athletic you were 
for being what I would say was like a shorter guy. You were super athletic, could get to the basket, could finish around the rim and could shoot a jumper. And I was like, dang, this, this guy is like super athletic. Then I came to, you know, get to know you a little bit better and just kind of like following yeah. your story and seeing that you're like legitimately a good, like lacrosse player at a, at a, at a you know, reputable school. So Dami, do you remember any of that basketball like game at all by, by chance? I, I don't remember like singular plays, but I definitely remember like meeting you and playing you guys. And we were kind of game planning for you guys because you guys were a lot bigger than us. So we were like, we got to hit shots. That was already, we got to defend when we got to hit shots. So I remember going into that, um, thinking that idea, but I definitely remember meeting you that whole day, but I, I don't remember any of those plays. So thank you. But <laughs> I, <laughs> Dude, it's just crazy going back in time. And you, you're a crazy good athlete. And that's where I kind of want to segue into is your athletic journey before you even started getting into the sport of lacrosse. I mean, obviously you got a little bit of a background in basketball. Talk to us about, you know, your upbringing, where you're from and kind of what sports you played when you were at a younger age. Absolutely. So my family is originally from Nigeria, but I was born here um, and from the UK as well. So it was always soccer, soccer, soccer growing up. And so I played soccer for about 13 years. I got really good at soccer, but somewhere along the line around seventh or eighth grade, I moved to this school called Ambrose here in the Valley. And that's when I picked up basketball and kind of met my best friends from high school. So then, and like my best friends in the Valley, uh, in the Valley we always used to go to the local YMCA's and play and just shoot and play every day. So I played basketball from six, well, till I graduated, but somewhere along the line, I think it was my sophomore year, one of my best friends on the basketball team was like, hey man, come and try out and play lacrosse. Cause on the court, I was always super physical and I liked the physical aspect of it. And on the soccer field too, I was always like more physical than a lot of soccer players would be. So he's like, come out, you can use your body, all of that stuff. And I mean, it took him a while to kind of to kind of get me to do it. Um, and when I first came out to play, I hated it. I hated it. I, I was like, bro, I'm I'm not playing this. Why I'm did just you hate sticking it? to basketball. Why'd you hate it? Cause because of the extension of the body. Like it felt like there was something outside of my control, you know what I mean? So I just I was not a fan of it. Um, and so he's like, give it some time. So I remember I played sophomore, junior, senior year. And that senior year, we won, um, our school's first ever basketball state championship. Um, and so I was all about basketball that year, really, because we were locked in. We're like, Hey, it's our last ride. The whole team were, uh, seniors that had played basketball together since like seventh grade. Um, and so I was really locked into basketball, but at the same time, I was getting more and more intrigued with lacrosse because it was almost basketball plus soccer together. Yeah. And okay. so, and my cousin uh, and family friends played football a lot. Um, and so even that aspect of football that I never got to play um, football like them, but I could do that in lacrosse. So I fell in love with it. Our lacrosse team went to the state ship junior year, um, first ever parents, but we lost. And so that journey was probably 
one of my most fun sports experiences. So after that, and then riding into winning the state ship, like I had a decision of whether I wanted to pursue basketball or, or lacrosse. And um, talking to the head coach, Matt Gear, um, an assistant coach, um, Marcel, as you know, um, it I took the chance um, and I don't regret it at all. I think that's awesome, man. Did you have any offers for basketball coming out of high school though? Were people looking at you like even community colleges or anything like that? Did you have some spots that you could have potentially got to? So I had community college looks, but I had more, uh, more and better lacrosse looks, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there, where there was four years offering scholarships, it was like JUCOs with walk-ons or, or like, yeah, you can come try it out. So I was just never really into that. Totally. Okay. Totally makes sense. And just for the record, for those who didn't hear my interview with either Marcel or even Colby Blaine talking about the College of Idaho, it's a very, very good school, especially academically. So the fact that you like made yeah. that decision to go there, like obviously for your future as well, I'm sure that had a you know part in your decision making. Like it's a very good Absolutely. decision. If you had that opportunity to go there, I mean we talked about the expenses of college of Idaho and how it is typically it's a pretty spendy school, but you get what you pay for is what Colby Blaine had mentioned. Um, and sometimes when you're playing sports, certain things offset costs, you get certain grants here and there and whatever, you know, there's a lot of things that play into fact, but like you do get what you pay for when it comes to the education overall, are you pretty, you know, satisfied with your decision to go to the college of Idaho, which is the small school in Caldwell, Idaho of all places. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially um, applying to med school this year. Um, once you start actually plugging in like stuff you've done, the fact that everyone graduates with at least one major and three minors, now I'll have two majors and three minors, which is just kind of unheard of. Like once you start plugging that stuff in community service projects, um, even the teams do community service. Um, each team does community service both in the school and outside of the school. So once you start really plugging in your journey and what you've done, you start to see what you paid for, as uh, Coach Colby would say. Um, so it's it was definitely worth it. That's awesome. It, it, you know what? I, I want to touch base on that real quick because the college experience is cool because sports can bring you like into way more than just sports. It's bringing you this whole college experience and like college is much more than just going to a classroom and getting your degree. Like there's a lot that goes along with it. And it looks like the college of Idaho, especially like from not only the academic side of things, but the athletic side of things are giving you these opportunities. You just mentioned like community service. You put that on a resume that looks good. You put that on your LinkedIn profile. That looks good. These are the opportunities they are providing you while you're there when you might not even appreciate them or really respect them until you, like you said, you're starting to put them all together. Like, Oh darn. Okay. Like not everybody does that just as an FYI, not all schools do that um to that Absolutely. extent so college of idaho is definitely a very reputable school a uh, very credible school and people know who they are now on the lacrosse side of things so dom we got to hear your background you know playing some basketball your athletic soccer of course um coming up go, get into basketball and then into lacrosse so lacrosse seems like it was the, the latest sport that you got into but it's actually the most you know that's the one that you're you're taking the reins of right now you get into yeah. the college of idaho what was the transition like going from the high school level of 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 lacrosse to the collegiate level and let's just be like like to to explain the setting of high school ambrose was a smaller school so mm. i'm curious like the competition level from going from your school in high school to the to the collegiate level and 
for those who don't remember, College of Idaho has a solid lacrosse program, and they play some solid competition. So I'm just curious what the transition was like for an athlete. The transition was um, was tough that first year. That first year was tough, but thankfully it was just tough in the um, skill category, which sometimes it's like that's what you expect uh, with a freshman coming in. Not that the skill or not that the talent isn't there, but I always say that skill is talent developed. So um, I needed time to develop the talent which I had. And so that part of it was tough. But as far as the team, great guys, they all brought me in. Like our two-time All-American senior was always um, – was always in there helping me in the weight room, helping me on the field. So that aspect of it was very easy. And also what helped me is I was always a late bloomer. So I didn't hit my growth spurt athletically or physically until like my senior summer and freshman, like halfway through the year. So after that, like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was probably one of the more athletic guys on our team after that. And I still have been, which has definitely helped me. But that's part of the reason I was always undersized. I was always like um, unathletic sort of. So once I hit that athletic growth spurt and the coaches and the team were helping me to develop my my talent, uh, by my sophomore year, I was super comfortable. But that freshman year was a little bit harder to get used to because we had really good teams. Did you have to, you know, exert a lot of patience in that regard? Because I, I too was a late bloomer. Um, I, I graduated high school when I was 17. I was a young 17 as well. Yeah. Uh, and I always tell yep. people I, I was 16 years old as a senior for a week. So like when I was in high school, I was, I was younger and I didn't realize how impactful that could be until I got older. And I'm like, oh yeah, like the difference between me from 17 to like even 18, 19 was just massive difference. I see the difference in what my body was able to do. I was a late bloomer. Did you have to exert a lot of patience there? Like realize like, okay, I'm, I'm still like young. I'm still trying to mature. My body's just different than everybody else's. Like not everyone's bodies are the same. And what would you tell other people, like other athletes coming up through high school who might be like, I have no shot at going to the next level of this or that because I haven't, I'm just not the same build. I'm not the same athleticism. I don't have the same athleticism. What would you tell them? Um, It's funny you say that because we were in the same exact position. I was, I remember I was in college for, almost half the semester, a 17 year old. Like I had to get my parents to sign waivers for me to do this and that and everyone else was signing it themselves. So it's funny you say that. And that was always in my mind in high school. Um, Like what if I didn't, cause I ended up skipping a grade. So it was always like, what if I didn't skip a grade? What if I stay blah, blah, blah for my athletic career. And um, for, for younger kids in our same situation, I would say that at the same time you think that it's a curse, it can be a blessing. And I say that because instead of, cause I've seen so many athletes in soccer, basketball, lacrosse and football that they're, they've always been the big guys since like eighth grade physically. Right. And so they're always relying on their athleticism, let's say uh, to get to the cup, go down, all that. So you don't really develop your skills, ball handling, shooting, passing. So when you're a young kid and you're shorter than everyone or don't quite have the athleticism yet, 
you can work on all the little things. You know what I mean? You can work on every little thing. That's what I'd say. Get all the fundamentals right. And by the time you do hit your growth spurt, all of a sudden you're a completely different player who can do the same things as everyone else can. But now guess who's been working on their skills? Um, so that's 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 the advice I would give anyone else uh, that was in our position. Just put your head down, keep working on the little things, keep working on the fundamentals. And then, you know, once you hit your growth spurt, uh, you'll you, you'll be thankful for it. 100%, man. I appreciate you actually touching base on that because there are a lot of people who listen to this show that I know are in that same boat because I've I've touched yeah. base on that before in different episodes. And I know people have like reached out and been like, oh man, like I'm in the same boat. So thank you for that. That's awesome, man. Um, so you get into your freshman year was in 2017. It looks like um, as we're going through your uh, playing career, 2016, 17. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So academically, it looks like it was probably 16, but you know, your season starts in the mm -hmm. spring of 17. And Absolutely. you get, um, what was, okay. I, I want to touch base. Okay. You said it was like a tougher transition. You're starting to learn the game. You're starting to come into your body mm -hmm. and you're starting to put in the work, but you're still working. You get into the game. Um, your very first time ever getting into a, a collegiate lacrosse game. What was the feeling? What, what did you feel like? Did you have any jitters or did you feel like you were well-prepared and it was just kind of like another day at the office? I, I feel like I was well-prepared, but I had those natural, like, like I'm here uh jitters like yeah wow like it's really happening so um and i think my first game i got into a close game in the second half because like some of our guys were tired so it was like okay like it um i probably went into it with the raw mentality instead of being like um it, it was like don't mess up Domi. you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah just make the right pass play the right defense don't mess up so that's the kind of jitter I had, but I would say after a minute and kind of feeling like, yeah, it's a little more fast paced, but I, I was prepared for this in practice. Um, all of that, I, I kind of got, I got really excited and um, um, I was comfortable and confident. That's good, man. I mean, I always wonder, like, I always try to put it back. I didn't, I didn't play at the collegiate level for any like team sports. I boxed when I was in, when I was in college, oh, that's cool. but uh, I, I didn't get to play in the team sport thing, but I just know when I was in high school and stuff, just like the feelings like, Oh, your first varsity game. It's always like those nerves. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's similar to what you're saying, but it's not to that extent. That's why I wanted to ask. Cause not everybody gets to play at the collegiate level. So you get in there, you're prepared. Talk to us about that freshman. You guys were phenomenal. Uh, your freshman year, like your team was solid. So talk yeah. to us about what your overall experience was in year one. Um, so I'll, I'll say, I'll say this. I was all throughout, all throughout my sports career, I was blessed to be on winning teams and winning programs. So one thing I definitely like, so I've always been a very driven guy and a very competitive guy and I hate losing. I love winning. Um, as soon as that I saw that first game and as soon as I saw our team like in practices before those first games and that whole season, I was like, yeah, it's happening all over again. Great culture, great teammates, great coaches, great system. And that freshman year we went, I think we went undefeated my freshman year up until the conference championship. Um, and I think we, we did end up dropping the conference championship but which was tough 
but at least I knew that we're gonna be good. I I knew we were gonna be good our, um, my whole stay there, all four years. So um, it was exciting. We were phenomenal, and it's just cool that we've gone even better. It's been an up uh, an upward scale upward scale. That's so crazy, man. And, and you know, it it's it's hard to like say, oh, well, there's some moral victories. Like everybody who's played in sports or competed at some level, like understand, like you don't want to lose. Um, yeah, it, it, you don't like losing. So even if you have like this phenomenal season, you lose later on in like a tournament, or you're you know you're you're going for your your ultimate goal is to win a championship, and you lose. But I do think that there are a lot of lessons that you can learn. So like while I don't believe in moral victories, I kind of do. I kind of think there's a lot that you can learn. You can come out of it optimistic, which you guys did because you kept that winning mentality. You kept that culture. That's not always that's not always normal uh, in a program, in any program, at any level. Like you have to build a winning culture, which you obviously just said that they you came into it. And you felt like you, you knew what it was like. You've been part of winning cultures and you knew how to contribute to that. And they stayed that way. Some some people don't know how to have that sustainable success. Right. They get to. That, yeah. that top level. Nick Saban talks about it a lot about how he's taken the Alabama football team to the top level in college football and has sustained excellence. There's a difference between just getting to the, the excellent mark and then sustaining that excellence. What do you think it's been like? What's some of the contributing factors in your guys's sustained excellence, getting to the top and still being able to compete at that highest level? Um, I would say leadership. Um, out of our teammates and accountability because no matter what, even though the coaches, the coaches do, you know, the coaches make the backbone, if that makes sense, the coaches make the backbone and that's what you lean on. But if the, if the players aren't there kind of um, holding each other accountable, making each practice game, like, um, you know, on and off the field accountability is a big thing too because obviously in co- i mean college is college off the field accountability is big because you you're a winning program off the field as well that means getting the grades doing the right things you know um just being focused lifting um and it goes on and on so i would say the biggest thing that i've seen um in all teams honestly is on winning cultures, it's the players, and the players will say it too. It's the player accountability with that coaching backbone. I love that, man. That's that's super insightful. As uh, as a leader yourself, I was reading some articles on you, Dami, um, and even up in to last season before the season, you know, was all weird because of COVID. But talking about the leadership, because uh, what did you say? Your selflessness, or what was it? Selflessness. Talk to us about how you lead on the field as a player. Um, I'm a, I I would like to say I'm a lead by example guy, but because I have the ability to, I would say, relate to a lot of people when I need to, I can lead um, like by what I'm seeing, if that makes sense. So every time on the, I'm on the field, I'm making sure that I'm outworking my team and the other team. If I have to be the hardest worker. I'm the one, you know, hustling for the ground balls. I'm the one sprinting back on transition defense. You know what I mean? I have to make sure that I'm that guy because people naturally lead by example um, or follow by people's examples rather. Um, so if I'm, if I'm not going to be that guy, I don't want to put that on someone else, if that makes sense. 
Um, and then from there, what I'm saying just comes from experience and how the older guys kind of helped me. So, you know, the younger guys, and I have a great relationship with the guys my age. So the same way they can tell me, hey, bro, you're messing up right here. Like you missed this defensive slide or you were supposed to be the two man, yada, yada, yada. I can do that right back. And that's a lovely thing to have in a team. That's a winning culture right there without any hurt feelings. And the younger guys, it's like, hey, look, right there, instead of doing that, you know, instead of doing a drop step right there, pinch into them, slide back, trust your defense, just that type of talk um, and do it in a respectful, but, you know, like, hey, look, let's let's go type of way. Um, so I would say those are the two ways I've been able to lead by example and just by communication. I think that's super effective, man. Um because everybody learns differently. And I think you can take that skill set of leadership and that, uh, that that type of leadership that you just mentioned, just the way that you communicate with your teammates and the way that you lead by example with your teammates, that can go to the work field, right? That's why I always Absolutely. say that like sports teach you so many life lessons. There's so many things I learned on the basketball court or in the boxing ring or on the football field that I've taken into my leadership roles in my career path that I've gone outside of sports and people think that's crazy, but it's not like you can take those skill sets and literally implement them directly into your career path. And so that's awesome to hear you talk about leadership because that's a quality and a skill set that not everybody has. And that's okay. You can't have a ton of Michael Jordans out there in the, in the workforce or else you won't be able to like, everyone will have to be a manager or whatever. Yeah. And, and so, but that there is an acquired skill set that it takes. And it sounds like you've already got that and you've learned a lot of that through sports. It's awesome, man. As we go into your sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken, this is the year where you guys won it, is it not? Or was that is it a yeah. different year? I want to say it was in your sophomore year, yeah. So talk to us about that. You go out your freshman year, you guys had a ton of ton of success, ended up falling short just near the end, but took that and rode with that momentum and that optimism. Talk to us about your sophomore year and uh, how that all played out. So the sophomore year journey was an interesting one because <laughs> – Freshman year, um, freshman year. So we had a, we graduated a bunch of seniors that have been there all four years. So I was like, hey, we got to reestablish, you know, not only do we have to reestablish what we have, but let's take the next step. Um, and so there was that struggle. Also, freshman year, you know, I would say we felt, I mean, we felt like we were the guys undefeated season, like, yeah, we lost in the ship by a couple goals. That hurts, and we need that ship. But we thought we were just going to run through the regular season again um, and, you know, just be totally okay. But we had some team problems. Um, we had um, people that weren't able to play, and you you know how that goes. Once you lose people and, you know, the chemistry is kind of discombobulated a little bit, um, that changes that changes everything quick. And so I remember we went on a California road trip. I think at this point we were 3-0 and or whatever, and we were feeling really good. We went on a California road trip to play UC Davis and UC Santa Cruz, I think. And we dropped both games. Um, and we went back sad, but looking back at it after the year, that was the best thing that happened to us that year um, because we got right back to work. Like the next day after the game, we got right back to work. We were focused. We we're like, hey, we're not going to win anything if we had this attitude, if we're not together. Um, and so 
after that after that rough start, I think we went undefeated for the rest of the year. And then we won in the conference championship. Our three-time All-American, Nick Gazzetti, hit a game winner after a tough, grueling game. And that moment, that was easily one of my – I think that was my second favorite sports moment that I've been in. Um, and we brought home our first-ever conference championship and uh, got the ticket to nationals that year. So we were ecstatic. That's so cool, man. Talk to us about uh, the Nationals experience. You're now at the highest stage. You've gotten past that. How do you still, like, I guess the the question I'm trying to ask here is, like, you hear it from LeBron James, who's been to the NBA Finals multiple times, right, in his career, and he talks about, like, the Eastern Conference Finals. You want to, he, he would always win that. Like, they'd always get through the East. Now they just got through the West. And, it, and he would always talk about, like, we want to celebrate this and understand what it's been, you know, we worked hard for this, but our ultimate goal is this. So they'd have to like celebrate and then reset their mind to get, you know, stay motivated for the finals. So talk to me about that as you win your conference championship. You guys are stoked. It's awesome. It's one of you, you mentioned it was your second favorite sports memory. Then, yeah. Then how do you, as you get prepared for the next stage, how do you guys get yourselves motivated to like, okay, now it's, it's, it's game time still. Um, I think, I think it was just kind of having a short memory, but also, and we all know this, I think we did a poor job about it the first time um, because that was our first ever conference championship and our first ever entry to nationals. So we were excited about the conference championship a little bit too long. Once we started game planning, it was like, all right, let's um, let's do our best instead of let's win it. Um, just because everything was brand new. So, but I would say that the next year, and I'm sure we're going to get into that, that's when we really locked in. But that year was, uh, sophomore year was great for the experience and learning how to do exactly what LeBron said, because that's something you can't really learn unless you've been there before, if that makes sense. Because um, it's not like just the freshman or just the sophomore, just the juniors had to experience that. Nobody on the team had experience, you know, winning winning the conference championship and then going right to nationals literally a week or two after. Um, so yeah, learning experience for sure. And that's, and that's what, that's what champions do um, is right there. That short memory. That's so crazy, man. Like it's, it's, it's hard to like imagine it from someone who's never been there. So that's why I appreciate talking to you about it. Were were the, was the competition at nationals when you, the first time, like just, getting out there were you nervous or did you did you feel like athletically your school your team could match with anybody in the, the in the in the country essentially yeah so definitely athletically and skill wise i felt great i felt great we all felt great what it came down to um and also we were like i think we might have been the last seed that year in national so we were playing the number one seed who I think went on to the national championship that year. But what it came down to was depth. Um, and you always hear that in, in all sorts of teams. Um, depth, depth wins uh, championships because usually once you get to those levels, you know, NBA playoffs, um, you know, uh, any playoff run of any sort, it's the depth that's going to get you there. Because usually your starters and maybe like, three or four deep, you're good. 
if you're a playoff team. It's having 10 guys off the bench. Um, lacrosse, lacrosse-wise, usually in basketball, it's four, three or four. It's having 10 guys off the bench that are just as good as the starters, you know what I mean? Or at least have had enough experience to plug in those roles. That's a championship team. So we go out there. I think we might have been a roster of like 28 where we went out there. Dudes have 40, 40 players on their team. Good. And you know, and you know, like 15 of those guys are sitting there thinking, like, we're not gonna play, but they're they're all ready. Every right. single one's ready, and they've all been practiced. So seeing how they work as a well-oiled machine with a deep bench, um, I think that was the that's the biggest separator at stages uh like that. Dude, it's it's so cool. Like I'm trying to picture it in my head, just being like in your situation, um, as a former athlete myself, and just kind of like imagining these lessons that you're learning and you're go you're two years deep into your collegiate career now. You've experienced this. You've gotten a, one championship with an ultimate goal of a higher, a higher uh, accomplishment. And, you know, you're now you made it up another step. We're going into junior year now. How did you guys keep that same energy, that same momentum and all those? And how did you implement those lessons? And how did that junior year go for you? Yeah, um, we so junior year, we um, we're like, this is our year. Nobody's stopping us. We learned from our mistakes sophomore year. Um, we weren't too cocky. We had a humble confidence, as um, my old basketball coach always used to say, humble confidence. Humble. We're like, we're gonna win, but we're not too cocky about it. You know, we're we're just confident in our uh, ability, humble confidence. And then junior year, we learned that look, you gotta as a champion. Champions have short memories, both with losses and wins. Um, and so having that from sophomore to, um, sorry, freshman to sophomore year, rather, by my junior year, we're like, yep, we got it. Um, we got this stud D1 lacrosse transfer from Wagner um, playing at the, at the face-off position. We had some great transfers. Um, and then we had our core guys that had really been there um, the whole time. So... Um, and some great freshmen. Um, and so we were deep, I would say two or three at every position, which is, you love to hear that. So we were very confident. Junior year, I think was, I think we went undefeated that year. Um, and we played some great competition. We had a top 10 team at home, beat them by like 10 or something like that. Um, and so, Oh, and this was the year that we were nationally ranked, I want to say top five, but at least top seven. And that was the first time ever. That was unheard of for our program. And so that's when we realized, look, we're just as good as anybody else. Um, you know what I mean? And so we kind of run through the regular season, win the conference championship, and then we're like, uh, we don't even care about this. You know what I mean? That's when I that's when I knew this team was uh, that junior team was really special, and that our uh, program was just going up from there. Because you win the conference championship, you're excited for that day, maybe that night, and then the next morning it's like, let's get ready to rumble, guys. Like, forget about that. 
where we're trying to win the national championship. And so um, going into nationals, we went in with a lot of confidence. And I think we um, we went in a higher seed. Um, and yeah, it was it was great from there. It was a great experience. So, man, it's, it's so cool because like the way that your whole story for your career and just kind of like knowing how it was and now you guys are ranked and you got this humble confidence, if you will. I always talk about in in sports where the quote unquote underdogs, like if you prepare properly, you don't like a lot of football teams, for example, they have, they don't have the brand name. Like Boise state was an example, like, cause we're here out of the treasure Valley of Idaho. And like, you know, and they had, when they play the bigger schools, like originally it was like Oklahoma and the Fiesta bowl in 2007. And the, the crazy Statue of Liberty play and all that stuff. Everyone was scared to play in Oklahoma, but why are you scared? Oh, because their fan base has all this culture and they have all this stuff and they have this brand behind them, this Oklahoma brand. And, and oftentimes players get like, that. that's a psychological factor. But when you get on the field, you realize like, oh no, like we, we play the same sport they do. We've been lacing up our shoes the same way they do. We've been putting on the same pads they put on. We know yeah. how to play the sport the same way they know how to play the sport. It's time to go. Like we've been preparing just the same way they have. And I think that's where, like, it's kind of reminding me of that when you're talking about your humble confidence. You guys are, you guys are starting to put stuff together. As you get into nationals, talk about the energy at the school as well. Um, I want to know about the energy at the school because we obviously know that like basketball now they've implemented football over at the College of Idaho again. You know, and you know they start to get good fan bases out there to, to support the teams because it's a smaller school and the community rallies behind them. What were the games like for you guys? Or did you guys get any anybody like at the schools coming to watch your games in the in the community? What was it like? Yeah, so that was another really cool thing from because lacrosse lacrosse is more of an east uh coast uh, coast sport and it's right. making its way out. Um that was probably the coolest part um about it was seeing kind of the college back us because freshman year we didn't it was usually like, you know, parents and you know, some random stragglers that came to watch like friends sophomore year it increased and then by our junior year it was like okay like you know some of our friends on the football team were coming taking time out of their day a lot of the athletes the athletes support each other lovely on our campus but then we had you know friends from classes we had teachers coming out and so it was awesome to see that development um and that backing as the team got better and better and um made more noise it was awesome to see you know teachers would ask us like, oh, how'd the game go in class? Or um, are you guys traveling this weekend? Yada, yada, yada. They were really involved in it. I've had some long conversations with a couple of my professors just about like, you know, lacrosse and my story just because they're interested um, and they really supported us. So I, that was one of the coolest parts, um, coolest parts of our story so far. Man, yeah, you're starting to get the community backing, the, the college backing, and like the energy. There's a difference when you got that energy behind you. I think that's awesome, man. And you guys were like, I mean, that's a cultural thing at the school, yeah. and you guys were a major part of that. Like you said, from your freshman year, now you're into your junior year at that point, and you're like, you're starting, you were a major part of that shift in culture. That's awesome, man. So you get into nationals junior year. Talk to us about that. Um, yeah, so. It was lovely. So <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, you get on the field and instead of feeling like the previous year, like, wow, these guys, these guys are, are good. We got on and we're like, we're better. Like 
humbly and confidently we're the best team here and that's so that's so phenomenal uh so phenomenal to have that as a team as a program so the first game we we won pretty easily um we were up a lot in the second half we kind of let them come back um but then we we closed the game out there's some you know some arguing some chirping but it was smooth sailing so we're on the next round um and i think this was this this game we played grand valley um gbsu grand valley state university and they were ranked higher than us and those east coast schools um in our league because it is an east coast school and even the um, people that analyze the game and whatnot, like you always see, you know, matchup by matchup, um, the schools, their predictions of who are going to win, et cetera, et cetera. They were all sleeping on us. Everybody was sleeping on us. They said, West Coast can't play lacrosse. They won't be able to keep up with the East Coast's physicality. Um, all of this just noise. And so we're like, don't worry about the noise. Play your game, play your game, play your game. I remember we get on the field against Grand Valley and those guys start barking. They're like, oh, woo, woo, woo. like in our faces, like, oh, they're, they're not ready for it. They don't want it. They don't want it. And um, I just remember we looked at each other and we just started laughing. And that's when I knew we were going to win the game. Because I was, I was a little worried that, you know, especially some of the younger guys might be like, oh, like, oh, they're, they're kind of, they're dogs, you know, they're getting it. We just all started laughing. And that game was one of the most bizarre games I've ever had because there was um, there was a storm and in lacrosse because we we hold metal poles. If there's like any sort of storm or lightning warning, you um, you have to do a little rain delay or whatnot just to make sure everyone's safe. So that game probably lasted uh, I want to say like three hours because we got to like halfway through the first half and there was the rain delay we had to wait then it happened again and so momentum was just switching for each team so i was like dang like this this is really at this point it's whoever is the more focused team so i kid you not we started this game it was light outside and then by the time we were done it was dark and it was raining and they um they put the headlights on so it was one of the most scenic games I've ever been in. Rain everywhere, the lights, you could see every, we had gold helmets that year. So our helmets were just shining in the light, everything like that. Very physical, tough game that ended in the fourth quarter. And um, yeah, we came together, we uh, finished the game and we headed towards the semifinals. And that was one of the best um that was the best win I've ever been a part of because it took so much grit, uh, so much, you know, um, intelligence even, so much intelligence of the game, um, so much focus um, and togetherness, unity. Um, it showed that our team, our team, these guys were special. Um, so that was awesome. That's crazy, dude. I'm like getting nervous for you, like while you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like about that is hearing the stories, man. And, and the, the barking, dude, and just like the antics yeah. pregame, and you're like, okay, we got this. Like, we're, yeah. we're good. That's so dope, man. Going into the semifinals, you guys had already oh. kind of gotten past this big, big matchup 
with Grand Valley. Like right. this, okay, now you've gotten that. You've kind of proved a lot of people wrong already. The whole season you proved people wrong, basically just, you know, exceeding expectations. We've talked yeah. about the energy behind the school. Everything's going well. You guys are now in the semifinals doing your thing. Like you're, you're making your way through the, the tournament and uh, share it with us. Share what happened. So this team we played was kind of the brand name team. You know, in football, you have your Alabamas, you you have your um, Georgias, et cetera. In basketball, you have Duke, North Carolina, all that. This team is the powerhouse. They won it a ton of times. We're literally the new guys on the block. No one really knows about us. St. Thomas, uh, they're St. Thomas University. Um, and so that game, that game was a lot of fun. That game was a lot of fun, but we didn't quite get the result we wanted. Um, but we fought to the end. Um, we fought to the end. I think we played, we played a decent first half. We let it slip in the second half, but I mean, it happens. Um, the, that that game was the game where it was like, okay, one through 25, these guys are dogs. And and that was fun to see. Like, I love that. I'm smiling right now because I loved the competition. Like, knowing, okay, at any point, these there's not one guy on the field that's not good. And we thought that way too. So um, it was great. A lot of trash talking, which was, I just laughed to trash talking. I don't know why. I, I, I just laugh. I don't even talk back, really. So a lot of trash talking, all of that. And it was it was a really super fun game, even though we didn't quite get the result we wanted. Um, but we had realized by the end of that tournament, because um, they went to the national championship, obviously, they dropped it um, to Dayton on the other side of the bracket. But by the end of that tournament, we had made a name for ourselves as one of the best players um, or one of the best teams, sorry, in our, in our, um, in our league. So it was, it was a good trip. And we, and the way we had been inclining each year, we were going into the next year thinking it's over. It's over. So crazy, dude. I mean, it's awesome to hear the story of like, it is how much you guys built up and you go into 2020 this is your senior year, my formerly your senior year, uh, like of everything. And it's weird. Now I get to talk to a player who's kind of experienced it, you know, like what was going on and, and the season had just started. Talk to us about that when this global pandemic hits and it affected the sports world. Sorry. Um, it's, it affects the sports world. Obviously it affects you guys. And we talk about that a lot. We talked about, you know, how it affects people in March Madness and how bad we felt for the players that wouldn't be able to play in college basketball and a lot of collegiate athletes that all of a sudden their seasons got ended short and they couldn't do anything. Talk to us about how it affected you guys and what what ended up happening um, going into this year after all the preparation and and, and all that. Yeah, um, it, it it was hard and and real quick I wanna I wanna say that as hard as it was for us. I feel so bad for our, um, and I'm sure Colby might have mentioned it, our CFI basketball team. One of uh, one of my best friends, Jake Bruner, he was on the team um, for four years, hard worker, grit. We actually played each other in high school and then ended up being roommates. Um, and he, uh, they, they were heartbroken because the, we really thought they were going to win a national championship. So it, it, 
I say that because it made it easier with the perspective that, all right, these guys were on their way to a national championship, already won a game or two in the national tournament, undefeated um, so far in the playoffs. And so that um, I just want to shout them out and then use that to explain how we were about three games in. So it was it was kind of the other side of it where it was like, all right, we put all this work in, um, you know, in the summer, off season, and during the season, and only got to um, play three games. And so that side of it was kind of the opposite because we weren't at the climax of it, um, but we didn't get to the middle. And the toughest part about it is the next weekend before we got shut down, before they're like, all right, the season's done, was the weekend we were going to really prove ourselves, prove ourselves. Cause I think we had a, I think we're number five or number four in the nation at that point, which was our highest ranking. And we were going to California to play two top 10 teams and one top five team, I think. So if you go undefeated that weekend, it was going to be our hardest weekend ever. If you go undefeated that weekend, like, you're on the you're we're, we would probably have been the front runners to win the whole national championship and so our team was looking like a well-oiled machine we beat everyone handily we were deeper than we've ever been and to hear it right before that weekend um i remember we went out to to practice coach was like just come to practice leave your gear at home and we just kind of had this talk and we went uh, we went bowling with each other and just kind of, you know, um, stayed in fellowship with each other. Um, but it hurt. It hurt for sure. Yeah, man. I can only imagine just like, but I do see the perspective of like, you get, you're looking at it from an optimistic side because you're on the other end of it. Not the very end of your season. You're at the beginning. Granted, it still sucks because of all the hard yeah. work that's gone into it and kind of have to shift things around. And before we started recording, Dami, you had mentioned kind of like, what, uh, from an athlete's perspective, because as this was your senior year, um, what options were presented to you? So could you talk to us a little bit about that as a, as a spring, uh, spring sport at the college, your senior year, what options were presented to you guys? Um, and how did you, you know, go about that and why did you go about that? Yeah. So thankfully, um, you know, the, the leagues, um, and, you know, the officials and um, those at our school that work with athletes and set these sort of things up, we're able to work out some sort of deal to give, um, not unlike what the NCAA, I think, uh, did give spring athletes one more year of eligibility due to the circumstances that the coronavirus um, put everybody in. And so it was, it was a very tough decision very tough decision because on one end you're like all right well like i can start my life and um you know i can move on graduate um and kind of you know do what i've planned on doing um but on the other end as a competitor and i know that meant everybody was happy to at least have the option as a competitor you're like man i don't want to miss out because everyone would have been playing only three years it's like, I don't want to miss out on my fourth year. I don't want to miss out on the ability to be part of something special. So it was a decision. I remember there was a deadline 
there was a deadline on some random date before the school year ended. It was a decision I pondered, I think, until the very last second. Like I remember saying, I'm coming back at the very last second I could. And that's because I had to weigh the pros and cons, talk to my family, talk to my teammates, talk to my coaches, and then kind of, you know, stay in reflection and talk to myself to see what I wanted to do. So it was a tough decision, um, but I, I know for sure I made the right, uh, the right choice, and I'm super glad they gave athletes um, the, the option because it was heartbreaking thinking that we're done, you know. Right. And that was the one thing I was like, dang it, dude, they, they kind of like had stripped some, some athletes uh, because of the timing of the sport, they had stripped them of their opportunity to choose. At least you guys had the opportunity to choose. And I think that's actually really cool. At least they give you that choice. And that's an adult decision you had to make. Like that's a, that's a big boy decision Absolutely. at that point. Cause like you mentioned, there were, there's two sides to that. And it's kind of cool to see though, that uh, an athlete that's getting that chance to at least go back and be part of something like you mentioned, but Dami, I want to know, like when, when the time comes, obviously we we know what the ultimate goal is. You probably are, you're going to prepare and hopefully, you know, keep praying that things will get better so that you guys can actually compete in the season come spring yeah. and do your thing and compete for a national championship. But when the when the day comes that lacrosse is over for the college realms, tell us where where we expect to see Damia Shaye in the next five years because you got some big plans coming ahead uh, moving yes, forward in your life. Um, so, so Lord willing, everything goes right. I would say in the next five years, I would have graduated medical school. Um, I just submitted my application for the fall 2021 semester. Um, right now I'm really interested in psychiatry, but they always say it changes in med school. So we'll see where I go. So in the next five years, um, I would have been graduating medical school, hopefully, um, you know, getting ready to enter the workforce as a doctor and hopefully really affect people's lives for the better, change their lives through, you know, the work of medicine. Um, that's my plan. Heck yeah, man. We'll be rooting for you for that too. Last question you, I got man. for you, Dami, is uh, what would you say the biggest lesson sports in all sports, it doesn't just have to be lacrosse. What's the biggest lesson you've learned through sports that you've been able to implement into your life? So, so I have, I have two. Um, sorry, <laughs> that's a very diplomatic way to answer. I have two. Um, the, the first one is, as you've mentioned, um, it just comes down to people relation, I would say. Um, as much as I've been a leader in different situations um, in my, you know, my stint as an athlete, I have been led as well. You have to learn how to lead and be led. If you don't learn both, you're not as um, as complete as a person and you're not as complete um, of a teammate or in the workforce, um, a coworker or a partner, et cetera, et cetera. Even in a relationship, you're not as complete of a partner if you don't know how to both lead and be led. So I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned. And then the second thing, as we've also touched on, you know, being a late bloomer, um, being in positions where I didn't play much, um, patience. And um, patience goes a long way. Patience touches into the idea that it's not always going to be your time. 
and you have to have kind of grit and perseverance to be able to wait, but wait, waiting doesn't mean sitting. Waiting means preparing yourself for the moment you get, preparing yourself um, to be to be ready when they call your number, preparing yourself to be the best you can be once you get in the situation. I would say um, that was the second biggest thing I learned as a, as an athlete. Two huge golden nuggets right there, and I appreciate that. It's good. Two is always better than one, anyways. That's what I used to say. <laughs> basketball, three on three yeah. basketball, live and die by the three, which is actually two and three on three basketball. So two is always better than one. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Dami Ashaye, who joins the show. He's a senior lacrosse player at the College of Idaho. We wish you the best, man. And we just want to say thank you once again for joining the Game Time Guru podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, having me here it was it was a blast. This was awesome. It was absolutely fantastic. And for all the listeners out there, don't forget you guys can find my show on any of the podcast platforms. That's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. doesn't matter. Find it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe. We'll be coming to you every single Friday with a new episode. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.